Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill. I am a film director living in Los Angeles, California, and I am your host. And joining me today is Emily Zayam. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> hey, I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, I guess I was going to preface at the top of this too, that this is the first time I'm doing the virtual the virtual conversation setting um, and uh, so thank you for being open to that and I guess that, that was kind of the only way we we're able to get this done because where are you and all the yeah where are you right now I am in Edinburgh Scotland so until I made my way to you it'll be a long time so for now <laughs> this is the only way we can do it yeah, it'll have to, we'll have to, yes, it's, it's quite a distance, um, but no, it's very cool, like, that's, that's kind of the beauty of, I don't know, I've, I've definitely avoided doing the, the virtual things, I, I much appreciate, you know, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you do too, is, you know, it's not as, as flowy, I guess, right, online, what do you think? There's an element that's missing, for sure, there's there's a key human energy thing who knows what it is I don't know my hands are going everywhere but um yes all right so you are uh, let me just go to your Instagram I like to use the Instagrams as a way to uh describe the people um let's see I'm pulling it up here all right oh, <laughs> Uh, all right, so you have, as far as the words go, you have a bunch of emojis, of course. Um, but I love emojis. Yes. I love emojis. So you describe yourself as a uh, microbiology, immunology scientist, yeah. and um, not a vaccine connoisseur. Not a vaccine connoisseur. <laughs> so there's, there's, I was very curious to kind of dive into all of that, but I also know um the, and this is kind of like one of the unique pairings that I that I kind of saw you as too I was like it's very you you do that but you also model on the side or like you are a model and you're also kind of like jumping into the acting space a little bit as well too is what I heard yeah. uh, rumors um so where <laughs> sh where do we where do we start what what, what do you want to jump into talking uh the scientist work and and kind of go from there or or the vaccine yeah. connoisseur thing that you are not <laughs> the vaccine connoisseur thing so I mean I've I've been a scientist um for a few years now um I study microbiology and specialize in immunology and then went straight into work um for private companies um the vaccine connoisseur is because once the pandemic hit um you know people took um, their time to go around asking anyone that was within healthcare or science um, about this. And I got targeted a lot. Um, I normally do anyway for, you know, even before the pandemic, whenever people wanted to know about cancer and just diseases in general, they're always like, Emily, tell me about this. Is there a cure? <laughs> and nowadays I get bombarded with people asking me, what vaccine is the best? Was the mRNA technology? Um, have you had the vaccine? Is this all a some sort of um, conspiracy what's going on. So um, 
yeah, that's why I put not a vaccine connoisseur in there, just just to just to let people know, okay, my DMs are not open for me to give advice. So I don't get flooded with DMs of people going like, oh, so you're a scientist. Please tell me X, Y, and Z. And I was like, well, the government already sort of gives general guidelines. It's not up to me. It's not up to me. Um, but yeah. So I, I guess, um, can you, I guess just, just to, I, I kind of imagine this as a great opportunity to answer those frequently asked questions for people right now and just kind of, so that way, ideally, if you still get a DM, you can be like, just just watch the podcast, everything is there. And you can kind of shorthand it and kind of, you know. <laughs> so what, can you answer those questions for the for the people that still ask? Cause I, I could assume the answer based on your, yes, yes. What are the questions and what are the answers? Um, so I tend to get what vaccine should I take, which one is safe. And you know, the ones that are on the market, um, they're all safe. They will come at a certain percentage of efficacy, but um that is, you know, that, that is severely tested um to get to that level. And and if you know it's been through all these very, very strict tests and it came out at 90%, that's really, really good. So don't worry about it. If it's on market it's fine it's fine um it's much less safe to um catch covid without knowing uh, what's going to happen to you than than to take the vaccine where everything's sort of controlled um so, so, all, the, oh, yeah. sorry. so the answer is uh they're all it doesn't matter ish like just just get it is the okay okay copy that yes as long as it's um official vaccine as long as you're not taking somebody's backyard just take it fine <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just good general advice too i think uh yeah, yeah. all right you're going to continue sorry mm, let me see what else i get asked i get asked about whether this is a conspiracy um and if there is a microchip in the vaccines um i am not a big shot in science but I truly, truly believe that that is just a big hoax. I don't think there is anything there to be worried about. Um, and I've read so much evidence from people to suggest that that's the case. And I get said this all the time. I always have a look at it. I'm not the kind of person, like, I'm not going to have a read. I'm like, okay, if I'm not going to believe in it, I need to know what it is. Um, so I always have a read and nothing's ever caught my attention so far. Um, quite often the things are quite... Um, you know, there's a lot of like scientific mistakes there. So it's always a red flag. So yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm kind of trying to imagine how uh, frequent those questions. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that's not a very frequent question that you get, but it's like a standout question. I just hope there aren't too many. I don't know. I, I don't want. Yeah, but yeah. It's, there is. And I am surprised about how young the skeptics are getting. So, um, you know, around the time I was studying, I used to get a lot of the older generation coming up to me, um, asking these sort of questions and talking about, you know, um, non-evidence-based um, science that's out there. Um, and it was fine as I got used to it, but nowadays it's a lot of younger people as well. Um, a lot of Gen Zs are, 
started to catch on to that friend trend and it's, it's really strange to see i never expected it yeah no that, that, that kind of that kind of makes sense to me a little bit actually for some reason because i know um I, I i can't speak for the world of course but i can speak for like i guess like america or like even like la or like the movements that are kind of going on with um all of the uh the systemic issues and kind of like wanting to rebuild systems from the ground up because of all the just just the history of the world so so there's I know there's a lot of skepticism on just systems in general so then it would make sense that like oh if I don't trust this I don't trust the way this is built and this is probably kind of layered in on that and there's something wrong here too so I should probably ask somebody who may know yeah. yeah and i think it's very good to question things I, I think that that's um that's a good thing but then you should question that source too um you know what i mean yeah um, don't trust types, anybody yeah that's that's why i always read that's why i always take time to have a look at what is going on um so yeah okay um so, great those are great uh i don't man all right i did want to ask since we're kind of on the topic of covid let's get this out of the way firstly you did mention um when we when we had a pre-chat uh a few weeks ago that you were on the team that helped develop the antibody test initially during the uh, early stages of uh quarantine and covid life and stuff um does that I, I didn't mishear that, right? I'm just no, you didn't mishear that. Yes. Right. So um, I had um, I helped there a little bit with um, with what I could. Um, it was the very beginning of 2020 um, when the pandemic, you know, was starting to to make headlines. Um, my company got in there to um, help develop an antibody test. Um, my, the company I was working for um, was a diagnostics company, so they developed diagnostics. Um, mm. So it only made sense. So yeah, we did develop um, the equipment that we put it into um, was really high throughput as well. So so it was it was really good and and you know it did aid in the in the vaccine development as well, um, screening blood samples for that. Um, so yeah, that, that was a really really busy time. It was quite crazy, um, just having to to ram everything <laughs> so quickly and and still do it to to the standards. Um, yeah, to the standards that we normally do and and we did it um but yeah it was it was crazy um yeah it was it was the beginning of 2020 um it was um yeah the first time i developed something within a few weeks um but it was really good experience and i think that looking back at how i developed everything else i'm like okay i learned a lot from it and i in a way that it is possible to do it um in that in that time time frame so um yeah, it was it was a great experience, and that was it. Felt really good to have me able to participate in that. And at the time, I, I just felt really cool. So it's it's nice looking back <laughs> now and see that I was able to be part of it. <clears throat> okay. Yes. Uh, that's funny. That <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, describing it as feeling really cool. That's kind of I I like that. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, this is why I joined science. To you know. <laughs> participate in something like this so it was great yeah it feels I'm, I'm assuming at the time it almost 
okay i'm a big fan of the superhero movie genre it seems like the task is at hand the world needs us we are here we got to get this thing done that that i have no idea what's involved in the actual like day-to-day of that kind of thing but uh that sounds very exactly like you said like this is what i'm here to do and yeah. Yeah, in um, reality, it's basically like me going to the lab, running some equipment, looking at the data and passing the data onwards. But inside, I did feel like a superhero. Well, <laughs> only realize what's happening, like when you see the bigger picture later on. But yeah, in reality, there is nothing glamorous about it. But no, 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 of course, of course. That's... I like to fool myself into thinking it is glamorous. No, it's very glamorous. I'm not, I don't want to talk it down. It's very, it's very awesome. Um, so let's. Okay, um, how, where is my, as far as, uh, I don't know, how does, how, let's talk a little bit about you and your journey and getting into this field in the first place, how that all started, if this is, has, was, was this a dream of yours to kind of jump into this field and how early did that start? Were there any other dreams before? Where does the where does the Emily journey begin in, in your eyes a little bit with, with this, with where you are now? Um, so I always sort of knew I was going to science. There was never any doubt about it. Ever since I was very, very little. Um, I don't know if anyone else feels that way. You know, some people go like, oh, I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a mermaid. Um, I never really had that. I, I always wanted to do like experiments. That, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had this earth, very famous in my life, the earthworm experiment where I was told that if you split earthworms in two, they become two different earthworms. And my grandpa, the, on, on my grandma's backyard, he had a little like um, soft soil area where he had earthworms because like fishing, but he had this giant earthworm. So I used them, I, I used to take, you know, like 10 of them and um, split them and then use another 10 and leave them there as a control group and see what would happen. I split them into different places. And, to, and in the end, I got to the conclusion that no matter how I split earthworm, they never turn into two, they always die. <laughs> uh. So this is the kind of child I was, I was already strange. Okay, um, poor earthworms. Um, I you know, haven't harmed any earthworms since. Um, but yeah, I've always sort of knew during high school, I had questioned whether I wanted to go into physics because I, I really fell in love with physics. Um, and I thought, okay, well, maybe, you know, life science is, is really cool and I've always loved it, but physics is also really cool. And it would be a challenge for me because not something I've been always passionate about because I've always really, really liked, you know, any sort of science to do with, with life, um, biology and um, this, you know, the sort of biology, chemistry of always being really good at it. It's always, it's always made sense for me. And then once I fell into physics and I liked that too, I thought, okay, well, maybe if I explore that, it would be, it would feel challenging. And I really enjoy that. Um, but and then I thought, okay, well, no, I think biology is going to be challenging anyway. I'll be fine. Um, so yes, I went straight into biology. Um, but apart from that one small doubt in high school, I've, I've always knew that was, that was the case. Um, so yeah, so, it, was, it, was, it was not a decision. It was, it was yeah. the so, so you, you, like you said, you felt you've, cause I know like, um, science in general is very broad. Like you were kind of saying there is this opportunity. There's that split 
that you were kind of coming up with between biology and physics, like those are completely different. I feel like, yeah, those, I, I know like biology stuff, I can never handle that in school. I, I veer towards the physics side um, <clears throat> because I just recall biology as the textbooks of just memorizing all the little lines of like, there's a picture of a cell and then you just have to memorize all the different parts of the cell. And I cannot do that. So I'm like, I'll go physics and do the math instead. Um, but, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's the same for people to prefer physics rather than biology. I always have a, that, that biology is much easier. But I guess physics makes sense, you know, like it's, you know, if you, if you know the set of like, you know how to do math is sort of like, you can navigate through whatever. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's because I don't, as far as myself, I guess to divert, divert the conversation. <laughs> to divert the conversation to myself for a second. I went to, because I don't know if we talked about this last time, but your, your camera's flying over. <laughs> but um, I went to uh, college for uh, engineering on the engineering side. So I got to take all the sciences like you know the physics and the the thermal thermo thermal um geez always thermal dynamics yes it's been so long that I'm just like I'm scarred from it that <clears throat> that I I've blocked it out but yeah going through <laughs> all of that was um I I don't know I'm sure I feel like biology in the long run and that kind of more of that side is it feels, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's just, it's very cool that you knew very young. And I, I as far as the earthworm thing too, that I'm glad <laughs> you answered that question because I, I, had, I do recall hearing that. And it's a bummer that it's not the case. It's kind of sad. Yes, right? Um, yeah, but no, it doesn't happen. It doesn't matter how you split it, they always die. Yes, no matter how you split it. Um, <laughs> okay so you're saying that you had a little bit of doubt on that one little moment between which which track you're going to go down but once yeah. <clears throat> once it was decided it's you kind of just you just followed that but I know how did you how many decisions were there past that point to determine where you where you were kind of land after that because I know even following a biology track immunology is you know it's very specific so how did how did you get there so um you know to go into uni I originally went into biomedical science um that's where I started studying um quickly I realized that if you study biomedical science specific, you're never gonna be within research. Most times you end up um, analyzing samples in the hospital, um, get much better money for, <laughs> for it. Um, but I thought, okay, well, this is not really my, my passion. I, I want to be experimenting. Um, and then, so I changed it to microbiology after the first year. And I studied microbiology and within that, I was very, very, um, passionate about bacteria and the usage of bacteria in biotechnology. So basically hacking into them and then uh, making them produce stuff for you like insulin, you know, 
all sorts of things. Um, that, that's what I really liked um, to look at. And my honors project was related to it. So um, I found organisms that could break down oil and diesel. Um, so yeah, so, and then my plans for that was to take the genetic material that allows them to do that and, and put into, into other bacteria and then spray the soil with it. So that, that's the kind of thing I was passionate about. When I went to do my postgrad, um, I was looking to different postgrads and, and I just happened to land this immunology one. Up to that point, you know, molecular biology and immunology are quite linked. And those were topics that I, I sort of avoided at uni because I was more into like the bigger stuff like bacteria, um, parasites and stuff. And um, so I, I wasn't very keen on that bit, but... Um, oh. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but when I was going to do a postgrad, I just happened to land a postgrad in immuno-oncology, so just look at the immune system um, during cancer um, stages. Um, and then after that, I landed a job within immunology um, and I sort of stayed in there. And although it was something that during uni time, I didn't think I liked it so much, but I don't know if because working with it, you get to know the subject better and you sort of get confidence, you start enjoying it. But once I started working with it, I loved it. I was like, this is great. Maybe also, you know, if you're at uni, you're learning something um, not in a practical way. And when you put things to work, um, it feels really nice. So maybe, maybe that's what it is. But um, yeah, I just, immunology was not something I planned to do in science, <laughs> but it is something that happen and and I really really like it great great yes um man all right there's there's I mean there's a lot there but I am very curious as to because you get you gave a nice example in there about um you kind of talk about potentially the undergrad section on, on some some or are you saying the bacteria that breaks down oil or uh, kind of trying to find these solutions? For, I'm, I'm assuming that the whole idea is, is I'm, I'm very curious on the different things that you are researching and the findings that you are, like the problems you're trying to tackle on trying to find solutions for and uh, and how much control you have over over the tasks that you're that you're tackling, or um, how how that all all that works, and what yeah, because I know okay, yes, well, I'll get to other stuff later, but yeah. Um, with the with the bacteria situation, so um, that's something I was working with in my honors year. Um, so that's like the last year of uni here. I don't know if you have an equivalent there in America, but that's basically like, you know, the project which showcases, um, you know, a little piece of research that you've been working on it. And that's what I worked on. I happen to be um, really good. Uh, my supervisor um, was not very hands-on. He sort of just let me get on with it. Um, most of the times the projects you're given are, are really set and other people have worked on it and sort of just, just let me do my own thing. And I came up with something that, um, was a bit crazy and there was nobody there to tell me don't do it <laughs> so I did it and it turned out to be really good um, and I found it I found these organisms um, 
they were completely novel. Um, and, and I have a friend who decided to take that onwards and he's been working on it on the side for a few years to turn it into, in, you know, turn this whole idea into a company basically that will um, help tackle um, oil pollution problems. So that is really good. Uh, every once in a while I'll consult him, um, I'll, he'll consult me on, um, on a few things here and there. And maybe one, one day I'll join him in his company and uh, once it takes off. Um, but yeah, once I left that and I started working, um, I first worked in cancer. That, so it was cancer research. So it was the final stages of cancer drug discovery. Um, I work in a lab that basically took the blood samples from those research and analyzed all the white blood cells um, that were present in those samples. So I've, I've worked with that for some time. And then I went on to work in developing diagnostics. So just finding new ways of diagnosing different things in your blood, um, including um, blood, uh, blood type screening. So extended blood type, not just like a B and, and O positive and negative, um, but like extended blood type, which is um, something that's gapping the market right now. So I've, I've worked on that for, for some time and um, it was really interesting. Right now, I've sort of left that about a month ago and I started working on um, making my own scientific journal. Um, so it's something that I've, I've been working the last few, few weeks and it's just been exhausting, but um, hopefully it'll take off and, and you'll go okay. Yeah, okay, wow. Yeah, because I know, um... Yeah, when we had last chatted, we you talked about how you were taking time away from from that that kind of that that a vacation. I think is what was what we were calling it. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all right. I do want to. It is very cool <laughs> that. Okay, I don't know. A couple things. Okay. You're final project it was very it's very cool that you were able to kind of pick your own thing it's very hands-off and you were able to kind of see it. it's it's very cool to see that that has spawned or spiraled into um a potential future company that's doing this this whole oil breakdown thing what i'm very that is i don't know to me it's very interesting i'm very what what is the uh what does the big picture of that look like? Like, what is that? Like, my, my assumption goes to thinking about, like, you kind of talk about oil pollution in the world. And I think about, like, the oceans and the spills. And so is this, how does, what is this? How does this, what, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah. Um, so it's something called, um, biodegradation of um, oil spills. So at the moment there are synthetic solutions for it. So um, just dispersants that you make um, in lab synthetically and you know use that to disperse the oil, but that has further implications down the line. I mean, it's, it's really good that that exists and it, it is quite effective, but um, you know, it's, you're putting something in the environment there that um, it's quite unnatural for it and can cause um, chain effect. With biodegradation, you know, it's usually bacteria that's already living there anyway. You just um, 
engineer to also be able to eat that alongside everything else, um, which is, you know, and, and you don't disturb anything. Um, this sort of projects exist in several universities around the world where you will go um, to oil spill sites, collect some samples, and then work on those bacteria there. Um, what I wanted to do, look at was, you know, the bacteria that were in soils that were heavily polluted by diesel. So the bacteria around there, you know, they were more likely to survive if they're able to feed off that. Um, you know, whereas taking samples from the oceans, it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit of a bigger challenge for you to find something there that has managed to to eat oil and, and you know, um, it has that gene there. Um, I went to really heavily polluted soils, so I've collected some samples there and um, only fed them um, the oil that was in that soil for a while, and then naturally um, the bacteria that survived were only the ones that were able to eat it. So I, I was able to cultivate, separate, and cultivate, and and show that it was producing some sort of dispersant there. Um, so yeah, so my friends taken that onwards, uh, like the idea of of the protocol that I created in order to, to collect that and also the organisms and you know, he's, he's looking to developing that um, onwards mm -hmm. because as I said, you know, if you go to the oceans, to the local areas and you collect the, the organism there, they're not gonna be as effective because there's just so much of everything else in the ocean. Um, even when there are oil spills, um, whereas in those soils, um, those bacteria are much more efficient at doing it. Um, but it's something that's still within development, still something that we need to look at. Um, so yeah, it's been a few years now, but, um, you know, with research, it always does. Yeah, so, so where, where are these, um, <clears throat> I guess I'm curious to know a little bit more about uh, the oil polluted s soils um, yeah. and where, where those can where commonly, yeah, where, yeah, where does that occur? And what are the kind of consequences of the existence of that? And what is it preventing? Like, I, I mean, I, I can imagine that it's mm -hmm. bad, but yeah. Yeah. With the soils, um, you know, I'm not expert on this, so don't quote me on that. But with the soils, I don't, I don't think it's such a huge issue as it is with oceans, because obviously, like the space that that you pollute is much bigger. And with soils, it tends to be um, marinas, basically, just boats mm -hmm. that are there and, and just leak out some some diesel there. Um, that's where I collected my bacteria. I just um, went to a marina down here in Edinburgh. Um, there was, you know, on the side of the boats, a couple of them had quite, you know, a few oil stains there. And I just picked the one that had the worst oil stains and I just sort of like scraped mm -hmm. off the top to see if there was anything living there, anything feeding off of that. Um, so that's all that I did basically. And then collect some more to feed the bacteria with. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I was imagining like farmland or something for some reason on, uh, yeah, and which I'm, but yeah. The marina was available to me. So sure, <laughs> I live sure. by the sea. So I was like, it's right here. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I was going to also jump off of, I don't know, this is, it's not, it's like a non story on my side, but I, it, I did recall my, cause you're asking about like this, uh, I forgot how you just you talked about mid mid uni or this was like a senior. I don't know. I I did a um, 
a four-year college track. My undergrad was a four-year track. It took me five years to do it, but um, I know in the final year, we had a similar assignment on um, developing, because I was in mining engineering, so uh, developing a kind of doing, going through the process of um, like the feasibility studies on whether or not we could, we should move forward with developing this mine that we, this hypothetical mine that we were assigned is like, all right, you have this plot of land, here's the drill sites, here's the amount of gold down there. And then you have to go through the whole process of uh, really figuring out if it's cost effective in the long run to even start the like reclamation, the, the whole the whole deal. And I just like my arts was a group project. It sounds like yours was more of a solo endeavor. Um, yeah, for me, it was solo. But like with engineering, I always keep thinking of all the things that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. Did you not? <laughs> sure. It's a lot of humans involved too. Yeah. It's... Yeah. But like <laughs> if you were, for example, to dig into that area that you were talking about, um, what sort of things could go wrong? Um, what are the possibilities? What, like what could go, okay, there's plenty of things that could go wrong, but I mean, as you're talking about like the actual structural integrity of the, like the whole, even just like not collapsing early. Cause I think, I don't recall if our mine was underground. I think it might've been an underground mine exploration. Cause of course, I don't know. I wouldn't say, of course, a lot of people don't think about yeah. mining, but um, you have to determine whether or not it's feasible to dig, dig, dig downwards and just like scoop up all the dirt and just make the hole bigger. Or if, if the gold pocket is too low, it might be more feasible just to dig straight down and have a tunnel system down there and, um, and dig that way because it's too much just too much money and too much time before you start making profit so it's like let's just go straight down whatever but underground open un underground mining is very scary yeah. <laughs> and and i know because i through through college i know we we got to tour different mines and stuff and we got to go underground and in the the different safety meetings you have to go through to uh to just be able to tour they definitely scare you with like what could go wrong with if there's some sort of collapse or there's like these little these little special uh vacuumed off like, i don't know they have the special face masks to create oxygen that kind of burn your teeth and there's i don't know it's I, that was a big takeaway for sure. It's like you, you put this, like, you know, on the airplane, if the, you, you got oxygen, it just comes like yeah. down like this. But this one, you strap it on and it's got this chemical uh, that helps convert whatever you're breathing down there to oxygen. And they're like, it's going to be really hot and your teeth are going to feel like they're burning and you're going to, but like, you know, it's survival and you got to, you got to get your, your, your oxygen. It's but, actually really cool it's it's very cool and also <laughs> the scientists in me going like <laughs> yeah yeah um and then i know uh i don't know even just the darkness by itself scares me down there i don't like it at all but uh, <laughs> is that why you went like i'm not going into this <laughs> i mean i finished it i got my degree and i was gonna work it but um 
the, I don't know, my, I, this definitely was not a passion of mine. And um, I, yeah, more more of my plan was the creative was always the ambition. And this was the smart decision to go to school for this as the main plan and have uh, have the degree where you can make some money and sustain a life versus um, versus like going to school for for the arts and then uh, trying to figure out money that way. Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go work out in the middle of nowhere desert for a few years, do my time, and then uh, make a lot of money, save it, and then go to Los Angeles and and figure it out. But yeah. um, but I never the you just went uh, to los angeles and figured it out <laughs> well no no it was an in-between for sure because okay. i was the plan I, uh, as far as mining goes since we're on this very quickly um the companies all operate based on like what the current price of gold is and what the current price of silver is and copper and all that kind of stuff of course so like the the cost per ounce dictates how much money the the companies are making, and at the time through all of college, uh, the gold price was like going up and up and up and up and up and up and up to like over two thousand dollars an ounce. Uh, I don't even know what it is right now, but um, I do know that all the companies are kind of launching exploration campaigns or like drilling everywhere looking because all this money is coming in they just want more of course so um so it was like great we're touring all these places everybody's got their explorations going and of course once i graduate uh the gold price plummets from like 2000 an ounce to like 800 an ounce so your profits are getting sliced over in half just like kind of, you know, over the course of a few months or something crazy like that. So all the companies are like, yep, we're stopping all of our exploration. We're done we're laying off all these people or firing all these people. We're not hiring currently. So, um, so you didn't have an option. So you had to figure it out. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess I'm not, you know, the opportunities went yeah. kind of dried up and I'm like, well, I stayed in Reno. Um, which is like eight hours north of LA. I stayed up there for, for about five years, kind of just uh, building up the experience and kind of going, building up the experience, learning on the job, making my own stuff before I made the jump. But essentially it was like, I guess, I guess that plans off the table. Let's, let's do this other thing. But um, yeah, that's my, I don't know. I, I didn't like the senior project is kind of what I was trying to say. I, I didn't, it was, not, it was not fun for me. And I, even though the teacher was off hands and we did our thing, it, I did yeah. not resonate. Well, you were, you were in the dark, your teeth were burning. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not a fun time. Um, oh gosh. But um, no, it's, it's great that, that yours, it's lovely to talk to people that had great experiences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, yeah no, I was um I was the kind of nerd at uni that everybody hates that was I was actually like really enjoying my time there um how dare you, know, you. <laughs> exactly people are like oh, oh. um but I was I really was <laughs> no that's that's great I but that's 
I think about that a lot too. Like it's weird how like growing up, I don't know if this, how was that, has that always been the case for you? Did you always enjoy going to school and did you always find a way to enjoy like every single class or were there, or or like yeah, school in yeah. general, like, oh my gosh, we're here to learn. Like, I don't know how. how <laughs> I really did enjoy school. I was quite social. So I liked being around other kids. Um, I liked the academic side of it. Um, yeah, I always enjoyed it. Um, when I was, when I went to first grade, um, my parents had, so my dad is half Japanese, right? Um, so he has a right to for a visa in Japan to live there. And he went um, to study there and start working there. Um, so I went to live there with with my parents um, around the time I was meant to go in first grade. I was five or six. I was a bit young for a first grader, um, but the Japanese school accepted it. Mm-hmm. And I went in. Um, I think there were aspects of the Japanese school that I didn't enjoy so much because they were really, really full on. And no matter how much I practice at home, I was never, you know, I was, I was really struggling to catch up. It was just really fast. And that kind of helped me because once my parents decided, okay, she's not settling well in Japan, um, let's send her back to the grandparents in Brazil to study in a school in Brazil. Um, I was always ahead of the class because I had, you know, in Japan, everyone was so forward um, that it was sort of easy for me. So I enjoyed it because, you know, it was easy for, you know, I I was pushed so much in in the first few grades that I was, I was, you know, I didn't struggle so much. So it was great. I, you know, I saw my friends, I had that, you know, um, I had that advantage to me that I had gone to Japanese school. Yes, I always, always enjoyed it. I was, you know, going back home I would always do my homework and actually enjoy it so then the next day when the teacher would forget to ask about the homework I would be like there's homework (laughs) and then everyone would want to kill me um my friends still talk about that um but yeah yeah I didn't okay no that's great that's that's very lovely um (laughs) yes I I you know I think that um I don't know how people don't hate me um, for it. Uh, they're still my friends, but yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, because I, th- I guess, I don't know why it was crossing through my mind, but um, like, I, as soon as something becomes something you have to do, I know a lot of people kind of check out on the experience. It's like, you have to go to school because we have to educate society and you have to learn things. And then it just turns into a thing you have to do. And for some, I don't, I don't know how, I, I do not know how people, um, how, how to encourage people to try to, I don't know, I don't know. I think, well, for me, as I said, you know, I think if I didn't have those first few years in Japan, I don't think I would have enjoyed school either. I think the only reason is because of those easy. first few years, I was pushed so hard that when I got to Brazil, I was like, oh, 
I have an advantage here, you know, so it was somewhere where I could I could feel good about myself, but mm-hmm. I don't think I enjoyed school very much in Japan. No, it was just like, you know, yeah, yeah, no, very it makes sense. And panic, like, I'm not going to pass. Because I know, I know, I think I enjoyed school, not as much as you did, but I enjoyed school enough. Uh, similarly, I, mean, I didn't start in Japan or anything, but I know that school came very easy to me f- kind of up and up to like most of high school I know college was a lot more difficult because uh I was not used to having to study for stuff I didn't have good study techniques because I would usually just coast by I just I I would just coast and ace everything and it was lovely but college was very hard um but uh I don't know I just I think about how I don't know. I just, there's a, I just wish people could um, really learn to embrace and enjoy uh, the things that they do um, in a pro. Cause I know, I know we all have our own little, little things that we can put all of our energy into, like on my side of the filmmaking. And uh, so any opportunity to like be on a set or watch um, some sort of, other director talk about their process like like honed in like I'm listening to everything you're saying I'm absorbing as much as I can like I wish I had that for like you know as a passion I think it's a passion no yeah yes yeah but I think as a passion about something you tell yourself sure I just mean as a youth you don't really understand the fact that there's an opportunity in front of you here to really absorb from this person that's that wants to be there wants to teach you something and you kind of just check out and you're on your phone or you're you're kind of just trying to send notes you're trying to socialize you don't really think about um I don't know it's that's just life but regardless I don't understand what you're trying to say but I think that that's yeah that's definitely more about like what people are passionate about because I have a good example of this one of my good friends in high school Anna um I used to talk a lot during class um I didn't you know it was really hard for me to sit and listen I was always like wanting to be social wanted to talk to my friends and this one friend Anna she was you know most of my friends didn't do as you know as well in school they did struggle a bit and then one day a math teacher um, came in to speak to me and said, I need to have a word with you about Anna. Um, in the last exam, she didn't answer anything. She just got zero. Um, and it's it's been a long time coming, basically. It's, it's you know, she's really struggling. Um, are you, would you be able to help her, like guide her and, and so on? And I, I was really shocked because she never, Anna never, like, I knew that she struggled and, and I did help her with like, history and, and other subjects like that but I never expected that it was this bad and, and I was really close off to want to talk about it and then, then um you know this message was trying to help her trying to speak with her parents and she got really frustrated and you know she basically said Joanna you know not in these words but long in a way just saying like you're not going to do well in life because of this attitude because you're not wanting to improve you're not wanting to um to you know try to study maths a bit more try to at least answer the exams you know you don't you don't acknowledge this is an issue because Anna she was like what I am and I'm not improving um 
nowadays Anna <laughs> owns a chain of salons and she teaches uh people she, she has an academy where she teaches people how to do nails and stuff and, and she's very well off um but yeah that, that was her passion like do acrylic nails and I mean you know beauty and stuff like this and she does much better than I do <laughs> I'll tell you that um she's doing much better than me in life so um yeah <laughs> so about like people's passion like you know sometimes this academic stuff is really not what drives you do you not think so Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Sorry, I'm trying to get the echo. All right, cut. The echo is gone. Um, yeah, no, I agree definitely. Um, that. I mean, that's that's kind of there's this there's this book. I I don't even know the title of it or who wrote it, but um, it's why, isn't it like C students? Uh, why C students? are a students work for c students or something crazy like that yeah we're the i think i've heard of it yeah we're the for the people that are um yeah like the the c students are the ones that are not really focused on the the the, uh they don't they don't care too much about acing everything it's about the experiences and getting better at stuff and entrepreneurship and you know practicing and failing and trying different things that other people aren't trying to do and and doing things outside of the box and whatever so and then the a students are just kind of just following orders and going down the line and and being really good employees um To be honest, that, that sounds very accurate. Um, and that comes from an A student herself. So um, I completely agree with it. I think that just we're passionate about different things and we're wired different ways. Um, so whenever I get a lot of this from like, you know, friends that have children in high school and stuff, oh, you know, they're not doing their science. They're so worried about it as if, you know, this was such a crucial thing. And I'm always like, fine it's just grades yeah <laughs> yeah just great they'll figure it out they'll it figure is, it out I mean that's a tough balance I, I mean I, I don't have any children to vouch for this but I gotta imagine that line between my child needs help in school and there's something wrong here versus Oh, it's just, you know, like not everything matters all the time. It's, I'm sure that line is very, very tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, but I agree. It's like, well, no, how are they doing in their English? <laughs> how is that other class? It's like, oh, okay, great. They're, they're competent. They're fine. Don't you worry. They'll be good. Yeah. Um, all right. Yes. Let me see. I'm just going to review my notes here. All right, uh, let's talk about the modeling side a little bit. Um, when did that start? How, uh, what, how involved um, has that been in your life? And as far as you're going forward to, I don't know, past, present, future? <laughs> um, so past, um, the way it started, um, I grew up between Japan and Brazil. And when I was about 15, I moved back to Japan. And in school, there was um, a casting agent um, that had worked at school before um, that had casted, you know, 
students from that school before and then they spoke to the principal and they said you know we've seen there there is a new girl there were two of us in fact there were two new girls um can I speak to them so we both came out of class they spoke to us um and then yeah they they've asked about my rough measurements they've um they asked me to go into their agency and I was like yeah of course so from that agency spoke to another agency which spoke to another agency you know like sort of like they read off each other and I remember you know those flip phones um, that had a camera it was one of those they put me against a white wall they took a picture of that um of me just like that and then one of whole body two pictures and it was really bad like extremely pixelated and they sent us onwards um to an agency in Tokyo um and then I started getting job they called me um and and I'll just go in and and I started doing that outside of, of my school hours. Um, it wasn't very often that I would get something in the beginning, but um, as I got older and I started, you know, being a bit more interested in this because it did give me money, um, you know, started getting more jobs. Um, but it was never something I expected to happen to me. Um, it was not something that had crossed my mind at any point. Um, so, it was purely circumstantial um, and I was, yeah, I just saw an opportunity there to make money without, in my view, having to make a big effort. Um, in the end it was because you have to take the train to all these weird locations. You have to do like these castings that sometimes take, you know, take your energy and will to live, but um, it didn't give me money. You know, it was, it was better than, than waiting tables. So I did that okay, for some time. Okay. Um, but it started getting really addictive. Like you start, as I started getting older, um, you start becoming friends with other models, you know, with Asians. And then you start to want to make it in that world. You know what I mean? You start getting a bit competitive there. And I thought to myself, I cannot let this ruin my science dreams. Imagine if I drop out of university because I decided to pursue modeling because I just got lost in it. So I decided once I go to uni, I'll stop. Like, I'll stop, I'll not do it anymore. I do not want to have the temptation of moving to modeling. And then comes me at 25, I'm too old for it, you know what I mean? And then I've, I've lost the opportunity um, to have something to do for life. So stopped doing it. Um, once I graduated, um, you know, every once in a while I'll get a photographer or, you know, producer contact me here and there. I got a producer that was doing like a music video and then photographer that um, was studying and you know wanted to do some portrait and then slowly slowly I, I sort of went back into it but I've told myself I'll not sign up for agencies anymore I'll not be part of any of that just because if I do <laughs> I'm you know I feel like I'll let it consume me again yeah all right so it's uh, so you gotta watch the addictive nature of this because of, it's because I guess I'm that does does that so <sighs> wow speak Eddie <laughs> the this is a passion then it sounds like that um, you, it, is it a competitive nature of it or is it you're actually in, I'm assuming you got it you enjoy it in some capacity and it sounds like because it's so the allure it's very powerful um, I don't know what it is in modeling that pulls me um, I think it's a validation you know, you, you get these pictures and everyone's like, oh my goodness, this looks so nice. I think that, that must be it. 
Maybe, maybe I need to discuss that in therapy. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't put a finger on it. I don't know what it is that makes me passionate about it. Um, I know in science what it is, you know, it's just. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess. So as far as the validation goes, I'm not, uh, this isn't therapy, but <laughs> I, I, I guess very curious on, is it the validation in the moment from like the photographer themselves that it feels good in that space to be doing it and to have that that back and forth in this creative environment that feels good or is it the after moment when like the photos come out and you start hearing the things it's the after it, moment it's the after moment definitely like when i was when i started doing it in, in tokyo i was very skeptical about it i was like mm. <laughs> like i i was you know, afraid of being labeled, um, you know, all the stereotypical things you say about models, oh, they're dumb, they just this and that. Um, but as I started going to, you know, castings and getting jobs, um, you know, you come back and, you know, people want to hear the stories of how this went and want to see the pictures and thought, it was, you know, it was all so cool. And you get, you know, right now, I don't think, you know, the money you get from it's not so good, but back then it was really good as well. So um, that sort of gave me that validation like of people thinking that it was a really cool thing to do. Um, because with science, whenever I told people, you know, I'm gonna be a scientist, this is what I'm gonna study. This is, you know, the course I'm gonna, everyone was like, you know, are you sure, Emily? Like, you know, you, you know, you, if you really like science, if you, you know, you have the grades, why don't you just go and be a doctor or something like this, you know? And so I, I didn't, find a lot of approval there, but with modeling it did. And nowadays, I think the approval that comes from it, again, is, is you know, um, having that those factors and be able to, you know, tell people the stories and, you know, just okay. see your face photoshopped. <laughs> see your face yeah. photoshopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cause I know, um, yeah, cause I mean, I know we connected through Instagram um and because I don't I don't think we followed each other for for that that long but I followed long enough to be able to see the the wide array of like to me it seems like you're doing modeling stuff all the time like I don't know how how prevalent has it been as of late and how do you see it moving forward or I don't know how does yeah present and future I guess yeah um present I don't feel like I do that much everyone says that like you you seem to be posting more stuff than the girls that do it full time. I don't know if maybe it's my nature of overdoing things, um, or it's just impression, I guess. No, um, like this week I had two photo shoots, um, but that's too much for a week. Um, I I have gone a month or two without doing anything at all in relation to to modeling. Um, so it just varies a lot. Um. When I had my job, I felt like, you know, with, within diagnostics, I felt like I did it much more. I don't know if it's just sort of like counter, you know, the creative side sort of like counterbalanced, um, you know, the science or if it was just sort of a little escape for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the future going forward, I, you know, I'm 28 now. I don't even know how I still get modeling gigs. Um, I feel like I'm, you know, 
I'm, I'm, you've aged I'm, out yeah yeah you're like i'm aged out i'm past my expiry date for molding so i don't even know if people are still contacting me but I'm, I'm glad they do um but i don't count on it you know to to still be here within the next few years um yeah i still sort of want to do like something creative so that's why i started dipping to the acting now Yes, because there's no expiration date for that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, I was going to joke about just, no, I don't know. I don't know how modeling works. Um, this Because I've never, you know, I don't work the photography side. I work the, the casting side on casting people. But um, yeah, yeah, I got to, I was going to tease about, well, you're 28, just wait till you're 30. It'll be done for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, no. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, I don't know if I had any other thoughts on the modeling. I guess the only thing I was going to say was like with Instagram, it does kind of make sense on how often you could be posting because any, ideally, any modeling experience you have could be postable in some capacity. So you're getting something from every single thing you do, whether it's you know, I mean, posting twice a month about modeling, like, again, could be more than other people post. So it does add up. Because I know, like, for me, I try to uh, be mindful of showcasing what I'm up to and showing myself on set and stuff. And I almost find myself having a hard time getting a good image of myself and on, on different sets. I'm like, all right, cool. How have I showed myself before? How do I mix it up on this next one? oops, like, I don't really want to like take somebody's time from set, take a photo of me here. Like, it's a little bit more of a hassle for me, but you're getting And you have photos. to think about it as well all the time, right? It's just <laughs> so much effort. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I think I only have, yeah, I'm kind of slacking a little bit, I feel like, but I feel like it's for the best. Um, yeah. Nowadays, it's a very um, must-have thing for models to post um, BTS. Uh, behind the scenes and mm -hmm. I am terrible at it because I'm from the generation of feeling old I'm oh, from the generation please. that uh, went into modeling jobs and you couldn't have your phone around or anything like this book tops and you had to be super professional and just um do your thing so for me to have my phone around all the time and you know be doing videos it feels so weird and then I have to think about it so I have to like make it look nice maybe try to do a TikTok because that's what you have to do. Oh, terrible at it. Terrible. Yeah, the, the, uh, the bonus material. Uh, all right, yeah, behind the scenes. That'll make, that makes sense. I mean. It does. And I see it. I, I, I love watching it from other people. I hate making it. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk about, I guess there's a couple other things um, I wanted to ask too. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before. Um, and I guess this, this could be in the same vein. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> you're, you're taking the um, break from science. <laughs> uh, I was meant to. Yes. And I got bored when they started a company. So. Oh, geez. All right. This way you started a company when? What? Is yeah, this... well, it's this journal I was telling you about. Oh, that okay, I yeah. 
All right. So, yeah, but that's that's a little bit of a different medium per se. No. Yeah. Okay. Tell, can, yeah. Can you tell me about that? Let's talk about that while you since you brought it up. But I wanted to know what the relation was on the the break and if that's all just to clarify if it's also break from modeling as well in the transition into acting and this journal like it feels like a little bit of a new wave kind of coming but yes um it's a little life crisis i'm having um i so i stopped working and i was gonna do a pause on modeling as well and i thought okay well maybe i could still do some modeling here and there um you know if I find something that I think I would enjoy doing. Um, so that's why I started doing it. I started letting the modeling come back in slowly. Um, and then the journal was just, I always have in science, it's such a niche sort of field and there are a lot of gaps everywhere. Um, and they always bother me so much. And so one day, um, it was one Monday evening, I was bored and I've just sort of, decided to do it and I did so much in one evening that was sort of like hard to, to take it back um so it's just it just went and um somehow within a few days it started like a good process of taking off and I was like hmm, okay um so yeah so you know that was that's that's what happened I think I started on the 30th of August yeah so <laughs> tell me about um more of the the issues you were having with the other journals and because and, I'm, I'm not too familiar so uh not you don't so mind much with, yeah not so much with journals um but in general in science that you know it's it can be really frustrating sometimes to you know the amount of gaps you find just because not a lot of things cater to it um so yeah it's, it's somewhere that there are a lot of gaps um you know, one of the good examples I like to give is like software is that um, scientific equipment rely upon. They're extremely not user friendly, um, extreme because no one cares, you know, that that's the only thing, that's the only option you have. And yeah, it's just, it's just something that really frustrates me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that's just one example. Um, but yeah, there, there are lots of other small things that, um, that are just you know really frustrating. And with journals, they're you know nowadays for to publish a paper, um, and it should be that way. It, it's it's a process that's you know it, it's quite difficult for you, for you to you know you need to produce a piece of research that's really really good, and it will be scrutinized until it gets accepted. And that's a really good thing. So it's sort of like a very big you know quality control that you've got there. Um, but there is also this website called ResearchGate, which is some like some sort of forum for scientists. And I've used it so much um, working with, you know, development because, you know, navigating yourself through an experiment sometimes can, can feel like a maze, you know, trying to work out a project and end goal it can feel like a maze and you don't know where to exit it. You know, you make the same mistakes that everyone did um, unless you've got an expert in house, like some sort of, you know, 
magician that lives in the cave and has been doing that same thing in science for the last 50 years, you know, you sort of end up making the same mistakes that all these people did until you get to the end goal. And I just think this is so stupid, you know, and, um, you know, I find myself in this forum all the time just to see like, you know, just to consult other experts around and be like, you know, I'm trying to do this, this is the mistake I'm getting. Have you gotten this mistake before? And like, oh yeah, we did, you have to do that instead. Um, but there, there weren't any literature on it. So this is the sort of gap I, I want to fill in, just sort of like do some sort of forum, but more on the database format. That's what I'm working on. So wow. yeah, launching wow. soon. Wow. Launching soon. Dang, that's quite the no, that's that's definitely your chat. <laughs> Yes. You get really excited when I talk about science things. I start hopping. Oh no, it's great. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds um like a great resource, definitely. Like the frustration that you describe, I I could oh man, yeah, that makes total sense to me on the whole process of how uh science works in the first place. So that's that's new and you're working on that and uh how does I'm trying to I have no idea what goes into building such a thing um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just figuring it out as I go I've got no idea what I'm doing I'm you're just going just taking boxes and <laughs> that's great okay so how does the how does um where does acting fit into all of this and what's what's new there how does how does you recently had I forget I forget on last time we talked if you're about to do something or if you had just done something I don't know if it was a music video one or no the music video was no I mean no no, no that was a long time ago yeah it was um it was a short film um oh. yes and I, my work on it was really really brief but I loved it um, and I, I worked in something that I had not looked into before. Um, I probably should, cause I'm a really good liar. Um, oh, geez. But, <laughs> um, but it's not something I looked into until, um, I did that. I absolutely loved it. I was like, this is great. Um, so I started, started hoping that maybe that will substitute the modeling for me. Um, because, you know, with modeling, there's only so much that you can do to sort of like add your personality to it. Sometimes you just have to sit there and, you know, um, and let the product do the work. Um, but with acting, like you've got too much, but so much more into it. And, and I just loved it. Mm -hmm. I really did. There's more to do as well. You don't have to like just sit still and make poses. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a different tool set for sure. I mean, it's, uh, the same thing. I mean, there's a camera in front of you and you're and you're being captured in something in some capacity, but it's definitely a different uh, approach mentally. And um, yeah, delivering dialogue is a whole other thing that is not expected of you as a model. I imagine most most likely most based on yeah modeling says I know sometimes you're asked to pretend like you're laughing or like the fake laughing is a thing, um, which I, I I can't really do so. I respect that. You know, fake laugh. I just 
can't, I can't do it. That's why. That's why I, I, because uh, I tried acting for a little while. That was my. That was my start. My very beginning phases was I wanted to be an actor first, um, and then I checked. I, I checked out of that very quickly. It was maybe like I did a year of like scene study classes and acting classes. Did a couple of small theater plays, and um, produced my own stuff for a while. Uh, where I put myself in front of the camera as an actor and I'm just okay. like I'm like yeah no not my thing not my thing but I do <laughs> it is a good sign that that you I mean especially with all the experience that you have been able to grab with like you said like in modeling <clears throat> there's still opportunities and the, the challenges of getting your personality to show through these poses and through postures and just the energy that you bring so all that experience I'm sure can definitely be lended to the acting side 100% however my one thought based on the way that your life seems to go is that it is a bigger commitment um, in terms of like usually time time and prep it's not just showing up to a shoot and taking the photo it's like so much oh, a bigger project usually yeah yeah it's bigger you have to like do all this homework to prep this character and show up and know your lines and there might be multiple days spread across weeks like who knows what the thing is but that's very exciting the um, lines is something that really scares me um we'll see how i will do but it's something that really scares me so I have this little story. So when I was 11, 12, uh, so I grew up with this cousin in Brazil, um, Enrique, his name. Um, and since he was very little, people, you should tease him saying that he was gay. Um, and he should be very angry whenever people tease him, obviously, like, you know, in his full right of, of being upset about that. But um, so when we got to that age, um, he came up with a plan and he told me okay well I think that I need to maybe give a peck on some girls so then people stop saying that okay and he happened to have a crush on this very gorgeous girl that was a year younger than me so he was a year older and then this girl was a year younger so I was in the middle and her name was Nicole um and yeah she, she was gorgeous she was stunning she was very very smart and I was like well, maybe lower your standards because <laughs> you're, you know, you're aiming a bit too far. Maybe um, he was like, no, please, Emily, you can do it. You know, just talk to her, try. And I'm like, you know, our friends didn't really like, like each other. I was like, mm, that's not going to work. Yeah, so we sorry, remind me what, what age are you all at this point? Um, I think I missed that. I think me and Nicole were 11 and he was 12 okay. or we were 12 and he was 13, something like that. And then we found out she did acting classes and that was near his house. So he thought, Emily, let's go do acting. And I was like, well, you go ahead, you go talk to her. And he was like, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. You have to come with me and you have to initiate this. And I'm like, here we go. So I went to do acting with him. Right. It's that it was definitely not my thing. So I went to do acting school. So we weren't there for, for a little while and I was trying to become friends with her and, you know, she already had like a couple of friends there, like close circle, eventually managed to become friends with her. 
Um, so yeah, we did we did a few shows. We did a few um, Greek plays, um, and some. Well, Nicole was beautiful in it. She was so good at acting. Like it was beautiful. It was amazing. What I really struggled with, you know, the facial expressions and all of that, it was absolutely fine. Um, I usually have this homework where I was like staring in front of them, like in the mirror, like practicing facial expressions. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, like the kind of things my cousin make me do. Um, and then, yeah, I, I used to really struggle with saying the lines and then, you know, putting emotion into saying the lines. I would just sort of like, just have it really flat, just read it. So it's definitely a problem that I'm still, I, I can I can feel I'll, I'll have that too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the moral of the story is that Henrique was really gay. Uh, he came out when he was 15. Um, <laughs> and Nicole uh, became a best friend, like tight best friend for life. And oh, we wow. still talk online and it's just yeah after that just we went everywhere together and became really really good friends so did he ever get the the pack did he ever do did you guys were were you able were you able wow no no packs you were never able to organize that that was the whole reason for the thing in the first place no i was not able to um we managed to get a couple of packs from from um other girls um, a couple of years later but according to him it was disgusting and he's definitely gay so um sure yeah. so it was all, all for nothing really but no it's a bummer bullying is not fun no. no it's not yeah but in this case it's kind of adorable that it led to this whole best friend yeah. thing exactly exactly <laughs> a supportive friend no, it's great. Yeah, you were trying to support your friend through the bullying. And then, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great story. It's a great story. But um, yeah, I do, I do see actors on occasion have, even in like Los Angeles, when, when they're here doing it full time and they've been studying for years and stuff, like it can still be an issue on trying to get the right inflections and come across as genuine every single take like it's it's so it's so difficult and it's it's uh yeah but I believe I believe in Emily she can pull it off (laughs) thank you thank you yeah hopefully we'll see we'll see I remember I used to like watch Nicole just saying no the lines really motivating just you know really getting that and it'll come my turn and I'll be like blah 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 (laughs) <laughs> so does that mean I, f- I forget are you how what are you doing are you doing anything particular specifically to be pursuing the acting like are you putting yourself out there as an actor in any capacity or are you just kind of same vein as the modeling with just kind of hoping stuff comes and just ride that wave if it does and um, i First, want to see how that short film turned out. Um, I want to see how it turned out uh, because, you know, just like when people go to the X Factor, <laughs> people tell them they can sing and they get there and they cannot sing. I, I just want to want to see first um, how it went because I, I might be thinking oh, I did really awesome and the director was like, oh, you were really great, but he may be just um, saying that. Um, so I, I want to see first and then once that, want to see that yeah I'm, I'm gonna start putting myself out there and start pursuing so I've I've got a few friends 
um, who are models and they're also actors um, I've been speaking to and sort of just yeah, so feeling it out. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay, okay. So no pressure, no pressure. Um, that sounds great. I'm trying to imagine, I don't know, I wouldn't put, not that you're asking for, this is unsolicited, of course, but uh, I wouldn't put too much um, weight on the short film performance anyway, whether you're like, oh my gosh, that was horrible. Or, oh my gosh, he told me that was great. Like, what was he thinking? Oh, that was sinus. Like, whatever. Like, I th it's always a tough part, too, is uh, that's, I mean, that's this process is um, you just have to keep doing it and doing it and you just get better. It's a craft. You just got to sharpen that tool set. It's a whole different ball game. So, yeah. I know that. I've had to, I've almost, yeah, I, yeah, it's, yes. Yeah, so I'm just trying to say, I almost like, I don't even like, I don't even like the idea of waiting to see the thing. It's like, no, if, if it's fun and you enjoy it, just do it anyway. Like what, even yeah. if you. I, I just, I just feel like if, if I realize that I have to put a lot of effort into it, um, I think it'll, oh, I'll, I'll be intimidated. Because I don't know if, you, if you've noticed, like the kind of things I pursued in my life were things that I was naturally good at. If mm -hmm. I, if it's something I have to make an effort, it's really scary. So I'm like, Phew. sure. Well, I mean, that's that, that's natural. exciting. That's exciting. It's a new evolution. It's uh, yeah, yeah, stepping a stick, stepping out of the norm, and yeah, I mean. No, I, I I totally get it for sure. With uh, yes. falling, now you have to recommend me books and <laughs> for, for acting. Yes. Uh, no, my recommendation is uh, just act. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I've I've con I've kind of fallen out of the. Uh, I don't know. I I think I much prefer the learning by doing method versus the reading method like the acting classes and the, even finding a way to get some friends together. Like even the other actor model friends is like, hey, let's just, let's just make a thing for fun and just feel this out so I can practice my acting or whatever. I want to try this dramatic role. I want to try crying on camera. I gotta, you know, do the things that give yourself, build, you know, the own opportunity to, to try the thing before, yeah. you know, rather than waiting, I don't know. Um, one of my friends um, that I briefly spoke to, Rebecca Wyman, she told me, just try to make some self-tapes. <laughs> and, and I couldn't stop laughing. Um, I just, it was, I don't know what was so funny about it, but oh my goodness, it's much harder than you think. Mm -hmm, I was yeah. just like, I was starting with like, <laughs> 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 just laughing at myself. I was like, oh, this is being great. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I think it's almost easier to have the audience and have the pressure of the set. Like, just, I have to do it because everybody's here. I don't want to waste the time. I don't want to fail. I don't want to, versus like you're by yourself in your room and you have this, you're like, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But to be honest, it's not too different from like taking molding Polaroids on your own as well. You just sort of like, you know, in your room by yourself. I don't know. It's, it's different. different. 
I, 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 I empathize. Um, all right, let's see, let's see. What, what, what? What, what? I wanted to ask about an Instagram post that you had up. I know it's probably a nothing story. I just thought it was a funny word and I wanted to know what, um, what prompted the posting. And the word is ambitious. Ambitious. <laughs> Aspiring to be a bigger bitch than. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, I think um, in science, I was in science, but also like in corporate science. Um, and I think that not just there, also like in personal life, I think, you know, what is described as somebody being a bitch can sometimes be, you know, just somebody putting limits, um, setting boundaries. Yeah, it's a and very, mm -hmm. I would say it's a very, um, it's a very, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you would only call a female this, you wouldn't, yeah. So it's very directed towards if a, if a dude did the same thing, there's different words for what that would be like, but okay, yes, can, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think it's so beautiful when um, girls sort of like climb their corporate letter, just set boundaries to people around them and just show up as the bad bitch that they are. And I just love seeing that. So I think that more people should be ambitious. Um, just aspiring to be that bad bitch. I, I love seeing that happen and I absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, I, when I first started working in science, um, fresh out of uni, there was this one woman called Jillian and she was amazing. So she had been working there for like many years, I don't know, 20 years. And she was, she's now director of, of a big part of the company and she's just a lovely, lovely human being. Um, she's just really good at what she does. She's really just, she has oversight of everything. Like those kind of people that are superhuman, you know, and you're like, how do you do so much? Um, she was like that. And one day she told me, you know, cause I told her like, you're just awesome. And she was like, I'm awesome, but I am a bitch and I'm the I'm a big, big bitch. And I just, I just loved hearing that for her, from her because I know what she meant. And she's not in any way nasty or horrible person. No, but if you cross the line, you know, there will be consequences. Not, not in a bad way. She's not like demanding boss or anyway, but you know, there was no, you know, there was no tolerance for like unacceptable behavior, which sometimes like you can get um, in corporations just like, um, certain behaviors taking place and then she was you know she was really good and, and I just I could only aspire to be the bitch that she is and um yeah that, that's basically it that's that's <laughs> my, my bitches post and yeah I really no, support no. bad bitches so no I uh, I I like it too um well because what it comes down to really of course is like you're saying it's not like she's it's not like it's it's mean it's not like you're saying to be overly any sort of aggressive or demoralizing to your team or any sort of stuff like that it's more of uh stand up for yourself and like you said the boundaries and uh, uh almost honesty and communication and just kind of laying stuff out there for people <laughs> it's it's kind of weird that that would uh 
require um, the bitch title, but it's, yeah, yeah no, it's, I thought it was a cool, funny word because it sounds, it's weird to say too. Just yeah, like it, a, it doesn't flow. Like when you see it written, it sounds really good, but when you have to say it, 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 feels, it feels like a misspeak for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm all about taking sort of degrading words and and things like that and, and transforming it, just owning it, just taking it back um, and using it. And bitch is definitely one of them. I'm like, just, just take it back and make it about us. Make, make it something good. Own it. Own it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Question. This is, I don't know. Okay. No, I have no. some, I have some random ones I could ask. Um, let me ask, uh, let me ask a random one here. This one ask is kind a random of, one. it's Okay. There's a, a specific relation between two different words that I'm kind of thinking about. Uh, one word, I'll just, I'll just start with one. Um, what does happiness mean to you and how important is happiness and how, like, how does that play, like, into your day-to-day moment-to-moment of assessing that level of of uh, level of happy um I am not the kind of person that thinks that the end goal in life is happiness I feel like you know a normal well-balanced life has all sorts of emotions in it and sometimes happiness is not going to be there for a while and that that's normal um I think that I am at my happiest um, when after I've gone through a long period of like stress and you know when, when you work really hard for something and, and you have to push yourself and, and, and you see it and you're like okay that's what I feel at my happiest so that's probably why I don't I don't see life as being like one big bowl of happiness like it doesn't have to be like that um, but yeah it also means Food, sleep, and comfort. <laughs> For me, that, that's that's my happy place. If I have lots of food, lots of comfort, lots of sleep, and maybe like a murder documentary, that's mm-hmm. that's where I feel okay. like okay, I'm reaching nirvana. Yeah, I think okay, that's great. I love the answer. I I agree with uh, the thought there, the sentiment of um, a balanced emotional life you know like a balanced diet you're not always gonna yeah yeah that's that's a nice way of looking at it um i do know based on following you on instagram that you are very good at uh like you mentioned the food like i know you're like always posting photos of the different places you're going out to eat and stuff and i'm always like that's cool i wish i did that I don't know. I don't know. I don't, food is not a high priority on my happiness scale. So, um, I, I don't can't know. Relate. How to fi- I, yeah, I don't know how to fix it. I, I can't relate. I, I think I feel like I have sacrificed my sense of taste or <laughs> for, for like a sense like let's say as like a director I don't know I feel like we're only able to you can have all the senses you know (laughs) 
feel like you want to mouth and a sacrifice your taste so you can have yeah, exactly i feel like you can develop you can develop senses to be stronger is a thing is that is that not a thing is that not accurate yeah i guess you can i mean yeah yeah definitely like you can you can develop your listening abilities so you can you know you can develop a better sense of listening a better sense of focus a better sense of emotional intelligence like you can kind of really practice on observing and watching and uh, feeling and tasting is definitely fallen at the bottom of my list and I feel like I don't taste well, do you very normally well eat then what do you normally eat do you not care about what sort of food you're having you just like Taco Bell no 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 I I appreciate I think about the health aspects of food um that still plays in it's not like i'm eating junk food it's just when i do eat food that's what i imagine (laughs) sorry (laughs) no no it's more let's say like i'm on set and then we get catered a meal and i'm like oh my gosh this is this is like i don't know this seems good to me but other people around me are like ugh this is like i'm like really i think this is pretty good i don't know like i can't tell if like something's off with my taste or yeah yeah i know what you mean um no i'm definitely like really picky not really picky like i can't i will eat it but i'll complain (laughs) about it (laughs) i'll be one of those people on your side and be like "Mm -hmm." and i'll be like no it's fine chill have you seen what Eddie ordered? <laughs> it's like, what is Eddie eating? He looks like he's happy eating that. Uh, what is gross. happiness to you? Happiness to me? I don't get, you can't, I'm just kidding. Um, what is happiness? I, I feel like I should, I, I, I haven't, it's a, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Okay, you had a really good answer. I just want to piggyback off that. But, um, I guess I am very curious for myself on how, again, like kind of what you said is how important is it for me to feel this emotion and how frequently do I need it? Like what's the proper, uh, like you kind of said, like there's a, there, there is the satisfaction that comes with a lot of stress and a lot of planning and a lot of other emotions that take to accomplish a thing to get you in the place to where it's like oh my gosh happy like this is this is where I like to be this is this is my space I'm very comfortable here I'm very happy here I love what I'm doing Um, yeah I think about it like um it's definitely been in the forefront of my mind for a while I think about happiness as I've been associating it with like living in the moment taking a step back and appreciating what you have and what you've accomplished and like the the little victories like having more moments like that I feel like can make an overall more enjoyable experience in life where you're not Mm -hmm. so focused on this next thing that's coming or regrets on things that have happened or what you could have done differently so I think a lot of it comes into Mm -hmm. the the context of of how you view the present moment in a way. So yeah. I, I try to I try to simplify things and if, I don't know, I don't know as far as happiness specifically, I wish, 
I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm in a similar vein to you. I don't put too much stock into, am I happy right now? Oh, I don't really feel the happiness right now. If something is terribly wrong. I need to fix this. Like that's not really the space that I live in. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. And um, yeah, we have a similar view then. I think, yeah, happiness is. And we're almost sorry. done. Um, but yeah, I think that there are so many different feelings that life is meant to be about that I think, you know, whatever people like, you know, searching for happiness with the pot of gold. I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that's what I want for me. Like I want all the you know, all the fear, I want the, you know, most of all anxiety is fine too. I want I want everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that sounds yeah, that's yeah, hundred percent. That sounds great. Um <laughs> we um, have the same hair. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, like, uh, the, the slight waves. Yeah, I was kind of looking at that too. Yeah. <laughs> I was, except you did the you did the talk on this side, and then you okay, did. maybe I can like have them both. Now we're oh okay. No, I'm we'll switched. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, I feel like unless there's anything. Unless there's any topics uh, that we left off the table that you were eager to bring up or any sort of points or anything, um, I could wind us down here because I think uh, we're um, doing great. I wanted to ask you, so, you know, every field, every field of work there is, there's always its downfalls, always its negative side. Um, what would the negative side of just being production um be so there's uh it's that's a very topical uh thing actually i know i posted about this on instagram yesterday um there's this whole thing going on i'm not sure if you're familiar with the the unions out here in in film and stuff because there's like you know there's there's sag the screen actors guild for actors there's uh the dga the directors guild of america for directors there's the writers guild there's um IOTSI, which covers like all of the um the kind of more of the general crew people like script supervisors and caterers and i might be wrong but like grips and gaffers and like all those people are in IATSE. Um, <clears throat> I think camera people are too. So the, the thing that the discussion that's been right now, which I that I've I it's been on my mind a lot, is uh, the amount of time that it takes to just make stuff. Like productions expect a standard twelve-hour workday from everybody on set the lower level people like production assistants are working over 12 hours it's very common even in higher levels of production that you're expected because you're getting paid that you will work x amount of hours in the day 14 hours 16 hours whatever it needs to get done to make our deadlines um, so that's kind of like the downside is is there are people that are realizing now 
I don't know how they didn't realize it before. I'm sure they did. They just like, well, you know, I'm doing the thing that I love. And then 10 years later, they're like, wait, I've worked so much. I don't have a social life. I don't see my significant other. I haven't seen my kids. I don't haven't seen my family. Um, so there's this current, uh, I mean, that's definitely the bit, the big downside is if you want to be working in it, all your time goes to it. So yeah. If like for me, I'm a single dude, I'm young and I'm, and I'm, and I want to, and I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm in the hustle. I'm in the grind of trying to elevate my career and get as much experience as I can. And, and like, I'm here to work as much as I can currently. However, there is that thought of like, oh my gosh, this isn't what I want forever. Like I want the lasting relationship. I want to be able to prioritize my significant other over having to go to work that much or you know I want to see my person <laughs> um, yeah so that that has kind of been uh, a thing for sure uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's so the long work hours and how is it like within the set is it you know because there I think there are fields different fields here and there that's my impression anyway because um have not explored other fields that certain places are can be you know everyone can be like a happy family they can sort their issues and some other place can be extremely toxic for your mental health like how is it like with acting is it more of like on the peaceful side or for for the actors specifically or for production or or just so it's it's uh i feel like it's a very project project thing okay um because like for me, I work a lot in the independent non-union world. So the projects are usually shorter and uh, I rotate teams very frequently. I'm just like, all right, I guess I'm with these people now. This is my family for this week or this month or whatever the thing is. Um, I feel like it can definitely range on the experience with uh, with all of that. Yeah. Um, I know my best experiences are, like I know I've really enjoyed the, when everybody has bought into the idea of this production and we're even shooting like outside of LA where they, they put us up as like a team and like they'll rent out a bunch of cabins and like pair people up in the cabins or whatever and then we like we live together essentially for like three weeks it's a very it's very like summer camp vibes where you're just kind of like hanging out afterwards and going to set together and it's like oh nice it's a beautiful experience and everybody's just solely I mean again you're taking all that time away from from family and friends and stuff but it's I mean it's the best case scenario where you're with everybody that wants to be there and everybody appreciates everybody's opinions and insights and respects each other and so I have been on those where it's like a wonderful thing but then there are some where you're not appreciated and you're and in your opinion doesn't they don't want to hear it stuff like that where you're kind of just like feeling like you're getting in the way and it's uh it can it can 
and then you and you you know do what you can to yeah but it doesn't sound too bad to be honest it sounds sounds like normal level i don't know yeah i'll take your word for it no it's i i feel like i yeah it's all about the way you present yourself and the way you communicate too like there's a lot in thyself that control how what the outcome is and i feel like I try very hard to make sure I open up all the communication stuff very early on. So that way, if we do stumble on day one or day two, that's corrected and the rest of the experience is great. So standard, yeah. standard stuff. But yeah. acting, I always, I, I, I can feel bad for actors in terms of like, there, there is a separation that happens on occasion between crew and cast, like, cast will because sometimes you're not you're not like there every day for instance if you're on a feature film your character is only needed for day you know these first few days and you have a couple days off and you're back for a few days so you don't really have this consistency and you're not always on set with everybody like the crew is so sometimes there could be this isolation that happens with actors where they're on set but nobody talks to them and uh yeah like there's a little bit of a familiar yeah okay yeah i don't know if that's if that's uh <laughs> yeah that answers my question definitely does because it's something like i always wonder about like how is it like a different industry yeah it's nice to hear like how the interactions are you know human yeah, I, I feel like we are very um encouraged to be to to be direct to each other we're here on a mission and it's very time intensive and we're not going to be working together after so we need to make this work now this is not an ongoing relationship so there's a lot of pressure to just like sync up and get going versus the long-term like office politics that can happen in other fields and stuff like passive aggressiveness and like we don't I have I, I like never have to deal with that because there's so much pressure on just just have to be you right there and there. And we got to deliver. Yeah, we got to deliver right now. We got to make this work. We're best friends. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which is sounds yeah. good. Sounds efficient. Yeah, it has to be. Has to be. But yes. All right. I don't know. Cool. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> um. It is. It's something that you know. It's a good insight for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess I don't know. I'm sure you're you're already great at it, but just the please, as an actor, yeah, just talk to people. People love being talked to. Engage with the engage oh. with the crew. Talk to the grips. Talk to the camera people. People love it. <laughs> I will. I have. I. I only have two modes. Like the. The mode where like I'm having my own conversations in my head and I'm mm -hmm. satisfied with that and I'm just like completely quiet and everyone thinks that you know maybe I'm depressed. But then I have the other mode which I'm like. Talk to everything and everyone, even if they don't look like they want to talk to me. So, um, I can do that. I'll, yeah, I'll try yeah. to switch on talkative Emily. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, for sure, it's that balance because I know I can I can go into that self too, where I'm like, there's too much noise on set. I really just need to like get away and just eat my lunch by myself, like that stuff. It's tired, Emily. Usually, so like if I if there's so much going on in my head and like 
I'm tired. I'm just like, my social battery runs out and I'm just, you know, in the evening time. But if it's morning and I'm recharged and, you know, I'm not tired, I'm like, oh, yeah speaking of the evening isn't it like nighttime over there right now i forget it's the end of your day it is seven o'clock okay not bad yeah i can't see it but seven o'clock believe me yeah it's 11 here very cool all right well i will say thanks for being a part um i'm glad we're able to make this work fingers crossed i can edit this very nicely for us and i'll um oh yeah but um where can people follow and keep up with all things emily zion (laughs) okay we'll go with zion we'll go with that pronunciation so at emily zion on instagram and on tiktok as well oh okay so you do have a tiktok yes and i'm trying my best to work it out but i'm too much of a millennial um it's hard a lot of thought to put into every video and I can't do that I'm mostly just uh voiceover the Kardashians I do Kardashian voiceover so that that's follow me there for that it's not a lot of entertainment but (laughs) great cool well I'm gonna I guess this is for the sake of this being the first time I'm doing it this way I'm gonna say I am going to hit stop record and then I'll say bye to you officially okay. after. Well, I have to say thank you then. <laughs> thank you for having me. This is my very first podcast ever. Um, I'll probably hear it over and think I sound stupid, but um, <laughs> it, was a very, very, <laughs> it was a very nice experience. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right. So thanks for listening, everybody. Listen, I, I don't know. I try <sighs> subscribe, comment, uh, rate all that kind of stuff, and bye-bye.